Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Plant Matt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Decided on that three seconds ago. We're going with it. <laughs> Matt, what should people do? People should like, subscribe, and check out our Instagram highlights. In case you're listening to the audio-only version and don't get the joke, part of our set dressing this week is a plant, for reasons which are still not entirely clear to me at this very moment. But that's okay. That's fine. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Matt, what you been up to? Uh, stuff. Things. Excitement. Such as? Well, I read the Queen's Gambit book. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. How big is it? It's thin. 150, 200 pages. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I want to recommend it because it's very good, but it's also dangerous because it's written kind of like a thriller and it's a very easy read and it's very exciting. And it's, once you've sat down and started reading, it's kind of hard to set mm. it back down again. So it's one of those where you're like, oh, I'll just read a chapter before bed. And nope. It's, three in the morning you're, <laughs> you're done yep um yeah it's it, it it's good i think it's it cleaves very similar to the show or i guess the show cleaves mm-hmm. very closely to the book um there are some slight changes for the show which i think mostly work in its favor mm-hmm. um there are i think a couple of missteps but it is very much just the same story with a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same stuff um one thing I think the book does better than the show is it communicates more effectively what it actually feels like to play a serious chess game. Okay. Um, the show, they kind of have to speed things up and make the the reactions of the players a little more obvious just to communicate what's going on on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in prose, you can just be like, and then she sat there and she thought for an hour with her head in her hands and calculated all these different variations and kind of put together all these different ideas and came up with the move. Do you really sit there for an hour in longer games? I have thought for an hour on a move before. What does the other person do for an hour? Think about what move I'm going to make and decide how they're going to respond. How long do these games go? Six, seven hours sometimes. I do not have that patience. <laughs> I commend <laughs> see, you, sir. <laughs> see, I don't either. And then I'm at the chessboard and I'm like, Zhoop. Except when it's my opponent's move, because then I get up and walk around and look at other boards <laughs> and drink water and go to the bathroom and just kind of stare off into space. Do people watch intently on these? Like, because I know that there's like fast games where it's just like yeah. you have basically five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but for like the long, like the what do what do you call those games? This is not at all our topic, no, but I don't it's, care. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, so long games are called uh, classical time controls. Okay. Because it's like. It's what people have always used since mm-hmm. there were clocks. It's just like long games. You want yeah. to sit there and you want to think about it and you want to get the best move. So f- do people like watch these games? Yeah, intently. For like an hour? Like if there's if it takes an hour to come up with a move, do they like mm-hmm. sit there and watch the person think? Yeah. So usually spectating a chess tournament like this, um, if it's a high level one, there's some sort of commentary team that's going on that's like explaining different variations and working things out mm-hmm. and thinking about different ways that things could play out Mm -hmm. um uh for like a tournament so it's like a longer version of like a football huddle or just watching the huddles kind of boring but usually there's commentary to explain like oh this is where they're at right now they're kind of thinking about yeah yeah okay that's actually a pretty good analogy yay it's not food (laughs) uh so it's like watching no (laughs) (laughs) something like that um yeah queen's game book it's 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 good i at some point, it's going to be a really interesting case study, I think, to um, uh, go back and look at the particular differences because um, 
it is one where the the show and the book are very similar to each other, but those little minute changes are, I think, worth investigating in their own right. Um, whereas other adaptations, cough, cough, Percy Jackson, call ahead reference potentially, um, is maybe something where they don't cleave very close at all to the source material, and that might lend itself to certain problems. Ooh, issues. But then take you take something like Arrival, and Arrival, um, Arrival doesn't sort of it takes some liberties with the source material but i think it's a, an adaptation where the, the adaptation is better than the source yeah but which is very rare for that to happen it's it's well i think the thing is that it's not rare for it to happen i think that it, we don't hear about it when it happens because um we hear about adaptations of really well-loved properties right and people are typically like very loyal to the properties themselves right like harry potter yeah like those movies are good, but people there's already a strong fan base for those books, right? And so people are they're like, okay, well, this is the adaptation's not going to be as good because it's already something that's well known and well loved. Mm-hmm. When you adapt something that's not as well known or well loved, um, it's easy to improve it to find those mistakes and improve it. Okay. I think I don't know. <laughs> we should this do an episode on that at some point. Yeah, this would be an interesting uh, exploration. Yeah. At some All point, right. file that away for future. That I did. Did you do anything else? I'm in the middle of some other stuff, but okay. nothing finished. Yeah. Yeah. Queen's Gambit. Good. Check recommend it, it? Yeah. Uh, what do you recommend it for? Like, equate it to something that if someone likes blah, blah, blah. Oh, geez. Because um, otherwise, if you just I would recommend a book, then. It's, it, if you like reading books, this is a good one. It's. Um... <laughs> <laughs> do you need to understand chess? Not any... even slightly. Okay, cool. Um, That's something that it's, should be known. <laughs> it is pretty accessible. You can, if you're a chess player, you can follow what mm-hmm. they're thinking. There's one point where she's explaining a game or like her internal narration is explaining a game as it's going. And you can be like, oh, I can see. Okay. This goes there. This yeah. goes there. This is how this works. And then this plan gets carried out. Um, but you don't have to understand it all. It's like I said at the beginning, it's really written like a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quick punchy sentences uh simple descriptions doesn't get too wrapped up in itself it's got themes but it doesn't follow over itself with metaphors or anything crazy okay um yeah it's just it's it's pretty well done if if you like reading books give it a try yeah awesome all right that's it that's it what you've been up to uh i'm continuing my assassin's creed playthrough and i tend to i mean i'm always like in the middle of the next game so last week i was in the middle of playing four mm-hmm. uh which is a great game ends uh very sad i keep forgetting how sad the ending is it really captures the feeling of loss because so you're in the golden age of piracy you're at the end of the golden age of piracy so you're friends with like thatch and ben hornigold and like Mm -hmm. uh captain kid like all these not captain kid um but like all these famous uh like black bart and uh stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but like yes (laughs) but they all die like because that's just you know yo ho yo ho oh no you know spoiler alert to the golden age of piracy everyone dies um and so like your character is like watching this all happen and you're all like his friends and so like Mm -hmm. it's it by the end there's like one person still around uh and it's Anne uh ann bonnet who is um uh one of the one of the lady uh with along with mary reed okay uh ann and mary are like they're really well known Mm -hmm. um and you're talking to Anne and she's like, everyone's gone. And you're like, man, <laughs> that's like the way they do it. Like really kind of hits you in the chest. You're like, everyone's gone, aren't they? Like this, this is mm-hmm. like, it's all, it's all over. And, and I don't want to go to Mr. Stark. And then, <laughs> and then she sings a song that just like punches you right in the tear ducts. 
It's a good, cool. it's a good story. All right. Uh, this, I mean, again, the third game, like mm-hmm. game number three, was bad. It had a mech story and it was glitchy mm-hmm. and stuff, but they had the game stabilized by four so they could spend the time writing a good story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm playing five, which is set in the, in the French Revolution. I've said this before. I'll say it again. My grievance with this one is it's set in the French Revolution, but it doesn't matter what revolution it's set in because it all just happens in the background. Mm. It could be set in whatever you want it to be. It could be set in the Ethiopian re- uh, Revolution. I don't care. Sure doesn't thing. matter, uh, which bothers me about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very glitchy. And the collectibles, the collectibles are required for 100% synchron- like 100% completion of the game, which right. I like completing the games. Like I like getting all of the stuff that are required for like there's actually a number that says how much you've done mm-hmm. in some games the collectibles where there's like a million of just a thing you grab don't count towards that so you don't have to spend your time getting oh, all those that'd be nice but in this one they all do count except there's no way for you to actually find out where they all are you have to find them in the map uh... which when i found i remembered that i think i'd found that out before like you mm-hmm. have to run around like on streets to try to find them all i just gave up on getting 100 i don't care about getting 100 on this game i just want to get through it good this is improvement <laughs> this is character development yep. the next game though i will absolutely do 100 because i've done it one time and it is one of the more satisfying games to get 100 done all right um so yeah that's what i'm doing uh cool. if you ever play assassin's creed i recommend skipping all the even numbered ones except origins all right. Um, same with the Beethoven symphonies. I think we've had this. And is it the same with uh, Star Trek? Other way around. Oh, other way around. Even, even ones, are good ones, ones are the good ones. Yeah. It's always funny. Yeah. But, like that kind of stuff. Anyway. Uh, and no, I'm uh, other than that. Uh, I watched. I have. I have watched WandaVision. I have not watched the most recent episode. Okay. But we talked about that last yeah. week. I did watch the most recent episode. It's good. It had the first moment that made me go. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't really something plot related it was more a character made a decision that was kind of dumb and out of character for them oh, okay um but it's fine i'm still enjoying it some revelations have been revealed or have they mm-hmm. um things are happening all right good stuff yep uh next week i plan on having a lot of stuff that i've been up to okay because we're about to get annihilated with snow Woo! and if you know anything about oklahoma it's that you don't know we don't know how to handle snow yep we have i somehow saw both of oklahoma's uh snow plows on the road the other day we have two now <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right uh yeah that's all i've done news news has been a little bit of news we had the yeah we got uh well, there, there was a the super the super owl super superb yeah the superb owl yeah, that, yeah, yeah. the the atlantic does a, a photo series on super bowl sunday every every year where they do just the best pictures of owls from the past year and they call it <laughs> superb owl sunday and it's positively awesome. delightful there's always some real gems on there yeah anyway uh yeah we got a few trailers not nearly as many as we expected yeah i was thinking about that and i think we have expectations for marketing campaigns that were set pre-covid and true with covid everything is a little more fluid now we don't know if movies are definitively going to come out on the day they say they're going to come out so they don't want to release trailers yeah because uh it costs a lot of money to ramp up a marketing campaign um no time to die is going to have to make like a ridiculous amount of money when it eventually comes out in order to make up for the fact that they did a fully ramped up marketing campaign and now they didn't release it (laughs) it's yeah we're stuck waiting like another year for it yep so yeah that episode's gotten got pushed back yep that's good because we have to watch a lot of james bond before that's true when was it supposed to uh, from right now when was when was it supposed to come out uh in 
around Easter this year. Oh, okay. So like March, six, April, seven early, weeks. Early May. Yeah. Early, early April. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what do we get? We got, uh, we got Winter Soldier. Captain America, Falcon, Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, man, TV show. Uh, looks, full, full trailer. Yeah, it looks the same with the exception that we got uh, the mask. Yep. Baron Baron's mask. Yep. Him holding it, not wearing it. Right. Pulling um, a little but, old jokery thing where he holds yep. the mask down and we have a nice low angle shot. A lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like he wants to kill people, yeah. kill superheroes, and they're like, mm-hmm. no way, sir. Mm-hmm. And lots of action and lots of them being a dick to each other, which is look, I love the therapy thing. I hope that's like a through line. Mm-hmm. Like they're telling the story of this whole like series <laughs> at therapy, explaining That'd be a great the problem device. Yeah. <laughs> so we saved the world, but like, boy, but he's I hate so this guy. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. That'd be great. I like, I'm expecting this to be a really funny show. Mm-hmm. That's just like, I kind of Barry esque where it's like, it's really funny, but like, it's an action show. Mm hmm. But like good storytelling, like a like a better version of Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Ooh, that's actually a really good. I I expect this to be a better version of Hobbs and Shaw, where you know it's like hyper reality, mm-hmm. two guys that bicker, but they're also like great at their jobs, what mm-hmm. they do, and stuff like that. And but the shadows will be stable. The what? Oh the yeah, shadows will be stable. <laughs> I cannot. That just burned in my brain. Uh, for context, if you ever watch Hobbs and Shaw, there's the scene where they're all driving through, like what the desert or something like that. Like they're driving around. If you yeah. watch the shadows, the shadows change their position. Like literally, like they filmed it across the day. So in mm-hmm. one shot, it's a long shadow to the left of the car. Yep. And then the very next shot, it's a long shadow to the right of the car, and they had not turned around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's kind of sloppy. It's sloppy. Yeah. So we got that one. Uh, we got, um, we got, uh, teasers for Rhea and the Last Dragon. Yeah, I don't who, care. Who cares? It looks not great. Yeah, if you want to know our opinion on the whole Rhea, go back to the last episode where we talk, we talked extensively about that in the last episode, right? Might have been the one before. One before that. News it episode? The, it was the news episode. Was it, that's not coming out in the next three months, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, that so is yeah, go check out the video. You can check out the video of the episode, yep. uh, of the news update yep to hear our thoughts on that one yeah um fast and furious 9 that's just the same trailer yeah (laughs) (laughs) i watched it i'm like this all looks really familiar and i didn't watch the other one was like if anything maybe there's like a new shot of like whatever i think i saw a person that like dressed in blue that didn't ring any bells so i was like Mm -hmm. maybe it's just like a new shot but it's the same trailer yep does he say I used to live my life a quarter of a mile at a time in every single movie? I would tell you if I'd seen literally any other Fast and Furious <laughs> movies than Hobbs and Shaw. Like, he said that. I'm like, I, that just sounds like something they say every single time. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time. Now I don't. Now I live a half mile at a time. <laughs> now I live a jumping off a cliff and... and with a really strong frame of a car to like handle like it's just the hyper reality it is but a it's hyper hyper reality it's like i don't know who knows maybe they're great movies we should watch them eh. i mean we should we need to yeah but i don't cultural enrichment really want to because it just it seems like a hyper reality that doesn't it's like an uncanny valley of hyper reality like superman 
yeah, he punched a dude through a sun, but also it's look at Superman. You, it, yeah. There's nothing about this that says grounded. Yep. And like same with the Dark Knight trilogy, like there's really nothing about that that doesn't say grounded. So like mm-hmm. there's really no hyper reality situations. Um, but like we're with these literal just humans. Mm-hmm. There's no explanation for why this should be a hyper reality. It just is. Yeah. And that bothers me. I think it's like like, like I said, an uncanny valley of hyper reality. Yeah. I think that's why I don't really like them. Okay. You haven't seen them. I've seen, actually, I have seen a couple here oh. and there. Wow. I don't that? remember which ones. Okay. I've seen like bits of them and I've kind of pieced together that I don't like them. <laughs> They've been on TV and I was like flipping Disrespect. Through. I'm yeah. going with an open mind. All right. Probably. No promises. I'm probably not going to watch it at all. Let's see. We'll see. Um, we got a teaser for Old, which is going to be M. Night Shyamalan's next movie. Yeah. So what's the twist in this one going to be? There's a beach and it makes people old, but like, what's the twist? Um, bet you it's just, the, you know, I hope it's not this. Maybe it's like an analogy for like people, like the instant gratification where time seems to move a lot faster. So like when you like get mm. on your phone or something like you're on TikTok and suddenly it's eight hours later, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. I wonder if it's something like that or it's just a metaphor for society right now maybe i don't know western society first world society maybe the twist isn't that everyone's getting older it's that some people are getting younger (gasps) or they're all benjamin button that makes sense but in reverse yeah benjamin button in reverse so don't try it ordinary people okay I thought you were about to try to say the name Benjamin Button. And I'm like, don't even spend the time and brain power to get that. Not a Minajneb, I think. Other trailer. Other trailer. Did we get any others? Um, Did we? How do you? Are you excited for old? No. Yeah. I've never. I mean. M. Night Shyamalan to me is the guy who has a couple gems, but on average does not make great movies. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of felt like he was on an upswing there for a little while because Split was pretty good. Unbreakable um, was good. Unbreakable. Well, that was the second movie. That was a long time ago. Wow. Split came that far. I, I never I didn't re- realize when they made it. I just yeah. watched, I watched Unbreakable, Split, then Glass. So like, no. So his his first two movies were Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. So good movies. I don't love Unbreakable, but yeah. Okay. Um, those are but his passable best. movies. Yeah, and then they got progressively worse for a long time, um, and then apparently the visit was pretty good, but I don't think anyone actually saw it. Mm. Um, and then Split came after that, and that was just a couple years ago, like twenty sixteen. Yeah. I want to say, um, and that one was pretty good. And then Glass was not great, as we agree. And um, also Avatar: The Last Airbender happened. That's true. That was part of that big downswing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like. I don't like the idea that a an artist is so uh a a, a twist ending at the movie isn't a style. It's a trope. Yeah. So here here's my explanation is Wes Anderson can be very clearly identified. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino can be very like they have their styles. Yeah. He doesn't really have a like, Shyamalan doesn't really have a style. He's got a trope that he does every time, yep. and I don't like that. I don't yep. want to go into a movie expecting there to be a twist. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there the whole time going like, "All right, what's the twist?" It mm-hmm. makes me not enjoy the the girth of the movie because you don't watch an M Night Shyamalan movie at this point for the movie. You watch it for the end, right? And I don't like that's not a good way of making movies. No. So every time I think about like an M Night Shyamalan movie, I just think about 
just show me the last scene. Mm-hmm. I watched the last scene of, uh, uh, like I know the twist of, uh, sixth sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and his twists aren't even twists sometimes. It's just like, Oh look, a different thing. <laughs> Surprise. Like with glass, the twist. It, yeah we need to do we need to do an episode like a proper episode on twists because there's a mm-hmm. lot of there's a good way to do it where you do something and it recontextualizes the story and then you go back and watch it and it makes the story more interesting that's a, yeah that's a, that's a good way a to put bad it. twist is just saying oh ha 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 he's been dreaming the whole time fooled you like it's yeah. just it makes the movie inane yeah so that's my rant on m night Shyamalan. very good all right. I was I, not expecting that to happen. <laughs> I agree. I'm not excited for old, although it does have Gael Garcia Bernal, who I really like. But Who is that? He's an actor. He's the guy that's going to be an old. He's a... Uh, he's gonna... What else has he been in, sir? <laughs> uh, he's in, he was in Mozart in the Jungle, um, which is a really good Amazon TV series that got canceled before its time about classical music and kind of oh. the um, sex, drugs, and classical music side of the world where it's just a lot of craziness and he's kind of a radical young conductor that takes over the big famous orchestra and okay. shakes things up um yeah he's been in some good stuff oh he was uh he's in coco he's um he's dead guitar man oh nice all right i think that's the actual character name on IMDb. dead guitar man dead guitar man <laughs> uh any other news did we have any other that we will want to talk about there's one that we want to actively avoid uh yep. <laughs> other trailers uh uh it's been announced that they uh that batman uh the robert pattinson batman mm-hmm. uh will cross over with gotham pd the hbo show in some sense in some capacity mm-hmm. uh it has been con- not even referenced with the fact that maybe batman or bruce wayne will make an appearance uh the the prevailing theory right now is that jeffrey wright's uh commissioner gordon mm-hmm. will show up well at that point probably lieutenant uh right or captain gordon right will show up uh in the in the show mm-hmm. um so we know for sure now that those two are connected yeah and honestly dude i am all for if they want to do a batman shared universe with okay. this tone and style mm-hmm. like this more grounded and serious like but also kind of like it's it, it the style to me seems very much like Batman Begins, where it is a costumed guy who has mm-hmm. a, has nefarious desires, um, but like with like stronger themes of like corruption and stuff like that. Yep. And, uh, I'm all for it. Like if we get this Batman movie and then we get Gotham PD and that's probably good. Like I trust HBO shows at this point. Mm-hmm. Barry, first five seasons of Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, four. I mean... Five is good. It's fine. No. no. All right. We're not getting into that. Um, but Barry, Chernobyl, like these shows, I trust them with their shows. Yeah. I mean, they're the people that kicked off TV. Yeah. With the Sopranos. So, uh, oh, yes. Sopranos. Uh, so I trust them. The actual best TV show ever made. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Casually. Uh, so I trust this. And if they decide to like, if they ignore the rest of DC, I'm totally fine because this mm-hmm. might bring in Nightwing, which I want nothing more than like a robert like this robert pattinson to have his nightwing Mm -hmm. oh that would be so amazing (laughs) (laughs) although if we're sticking with the timeline it won't be for another like few years and that before even dick grayson shows up and then you got to go through all the robin oh you know who should play nightwing 
what's his face that played Jacob in Twilight? The werewolf guy. Oh my God, yes. Taylor Lautner. <laughs> Taylor Lautner. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> Taylor Lautner for Nightwing. Oh, that'd be so bad. I but... am hotter than you. Have you seen that line? No. He says that in one of the. Oh Twilight my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so. Great. Yep, that's the news. Uh, yep. But I don't think that's. I think I don't think there's anything else. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is ending. That's, after that's season right. eight. Yep. You you went through about three weeks where you were really into that show. Dude, the first like four or five seasons are really good. Yeah. Um. Then they got canceled and then brought back. And you talked about how it just like, it fell off a cliff when it, NBC they brought it back. Yeah. Erased all character development and just like yeah. turned them into caricatures of the their earlier selves. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, bummer. Who's ready for some Zack Snyder Justice League updates? Oh, okay. There's a trailer dropping tomorrow, so well, yeah. Which I guess we also saw clips today. We did see some clips. We got Black Suit Superman, which we knew was going to happen, but still, Black Suit Superman. Yeah. Okay. What I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, and I don't want to hear any energetic anything i want every i want all responses to be really low-key all right black suit superman i'm kind of excited to see black suit superman (laughs) yay (laughs) uh seeing that seeing that clip like honestly there has to have been so much taken out like we know that there was so much taken out Mm -hmm. and what was the number like there's like 25 percent of the whedon cut that's even making it into the yeah something like that Maybe this will be fine. I don't think Zack Snyder's a good co- like creating co- his own content creator, mm-hmm. but like I don't know. I maybe this will be cool and like I'm not holding my breath. I'm going into it with mm-hmm. like low expectations. Yeah, that's probably the way to do it. Like I'm I'm supremely cautiously optimistic. <laughs> That's a that's a big turn of events. I'm liking it. Like it's just I I don't I I don't know. I'm maybe it's maybe it's part of the psychology of me wanting this era to end, and we can just move on. Let the past die, kill it if need be. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exact Snyderly. Eggs eggs. Do you have a punchline? Exactly. This is not going anywhere. It's funny in my head. Yeah. And it's still funny in my head, even when I've said it. Okay. You got <laughs> no, low standards. So uh, let's, we'll see. Yep. Uh, trailer tomorrow. Granny goodness confirmed. Really? Yeah. God. Really? <laughs> I got your excitement for about half a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was the fastest far from homing I've ever seen. <laughs> really? They're bringing in another God because then they have to bring in the Furies and explain what the Furia because having Granny Goodness, it's just having this old lady that also is like a murderer Mm -hmm. is going to make no sense unless you explain kind of like what her deal is. So what her deal is, is she's like kind of a lieutenant of Darkseid who trains like his more elite soldiers Mm -hmm. have to like now know what the Furies are. Yeah, we can just throw her in there. (sighs) Old lady that trains people. It feels like this is probably just Helen Mirren's character in Fast and Furious, right? On the murderous old lady. I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen him. <laughs> uh, do we know who's playing her? Did uh, we see her or like in the trailer or did? Or no, we didn't in the teaser. Um, well, 
apparently some people saw something in the background that made them think that it was her and Zack Snyder did confirm that it will be. Okay. She is going to be in it. All right. Um, we also got a new image of uh, Jared Leto as Joker. He's going to be in the nightmare. You like this version, this iteration, this imagery better? Kind of. Uh, it's a lot more in the realm of Heath Ledger, which literally going towards Heath Ledger in any way is just an improvement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't trust it because Zack Snyder's image of him was, uh, well, it was more air. Air's image of him was like mobster. Yeah. And I don't like that. So like, maybe this is, is this supposed to be set before or after Suicide Squad? Unclear. Maybe it's, yeah, it is I think unclear. we're, I think we're supposed to get him in the nightmare sequence specifically. Yeah. So, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I have no opinion on it, honestly, because I just, we have so little information to yep. form a, which man, this is coming in like a month. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> we get to watch it in a month. Oh, I'm hyped. All right. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Matt. Preston. That's your episode. Preston. Matt. <laughs> Give me a myth. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Give me a myth. A myth? Any myth. Can you think of a myth off uh, the top of your head? Myth Mithril. I'm really proud of that, honestly. <laughs> this is the seed I subconsciously planted when I placed the Silmarillion oh, here. Yeah. No, uh, a myth. Just any myth. Think of a myth. Nice little um, mythical story. Some person, some some child coming out of Zeus's calf, and then also yep. sea foam made Persephone. I think. I think it's supposed to be ejaculate, but yeah, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was I'm putting the PG image on it. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, those I, myths. Yeah, there's 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 all kinds of myths. There's myths the world around. There's myths that are just little. Um, what's a myth and what's a legend? Would you consider Arthurian legend a myth? Boy, you're really putting me on the spot here, aren't you? <laughs> That's why they call this the hot seat. <laughs> I have a, I have an ult- I have an ultimate ending to this, but Okay. Uh I mm, I think that I think that they are separate, but I think it's it's difficult to disentangle. Um, so one of the one of the like common things where those two are brought together is like mm-hmm. I'm not meaning to hijack your thing. I just kind of want to Please. Say my own thing. By all means do. I did not uh, prepare enough for this episode. <laughs> uh the whole thing is that like stories become myth, myth becomes legend. Like mm-hmm. or no, legend becomes myth. And, and it's like that passes out of memory per we, Galadriel from the Yes, but also that brain. that that mentality, that progression has existed Yeah. previously. Yeah. Um, um in my mind, a myth is a thing that is used to explain the existence of something. Yeah. And a legend is a story that is told that is believed to be more or less superficially true. Yeah, I'd take it as a, um, in a similar vein, I'd take a legend as a, um, a, a story that's based in fact, but has acquired mythic quality over time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, um, William Wallace and the Scots. There's a lot of legends around him. We know he right. existed. We know he he led the Scots and was all right. like freedom yeah. and painted his face blue or something. Yeah. Um, and also they were naked. Oh yeah, probably. Balls just <laughs> flapping everywhere. Good stuff. <laughs> Love that little bit of history. Yeah. Myths are a little more ambiguous. It is something that a legend can eventually morph into a myth, but mm-hmm. myths myths function a lot of different ways, right? I yeah. mean, 
you, you pointed out the myth as explanatory vehicle for the way the world works. Yep. So I don't know. The one that jumped to mind for me was Pandora's box. Why is there bad stuff in the world? Because some idiot opened a box that Pand- had the bad stuff. Pandora was really curious and <laughs> opened this box and all the bad stuff came out. Yep. But also hope. So it's all okay. That's true. Wait, no, wasn't hope captured? She closed it before hope. I think that's the story. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, please. You are uh, wrong. I am. I actually I think so. Oh, because because in my mind, it's always been like she oh, she closed it fast enough, but hope was trapped in it, and so like that's like it's it's a really depressing story. Like the original story is a really depressing mm. story that there is no hope that someone needs. Like I think the the story is you need to find Pandora's box to let it open to let the hope out or something. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I vaguely remember that. That could be a thing that was corrupted by DC's telling of. Like making Pandora a character, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in my mind, that's always been what that is—that she closed it in time or closed it too soon. I don't know. Oh well, doesn't matter. But that is—that's that, a myth. That's yeah, a, a, a like you say, explanatory vehicle. Yeah, um, and there's lots of different myths. There are sort of classical, all these classical myths. Greek mythology has a huge role in. Yes. Um, just our modern understanding of mythology and the way we think about things. And I read Percy Jackson too. So I'm very prepared for this. <laughs> Boy. Um, and then there's, there's myths that are in the sense of like almost cultural memes that persist. Yeah. today. Um, a good one that I found just searching for common modern myths uh, is the Marie Antoinette lit the meat cake. She didn't say that. Yeah. That, that was, what's actually kind of funny is I, I would consider that also an explanatory vehicle yeah. of, encapsulating kind of her approach to mm-hmm. there is like i remember my history teacher saying this i think we've talked about this before recently yep um is that she did say something along the lines that like the, it wasn't cake the original myth isn't that she said let them eat cake it was the french word for what was what was interpreted as cake was a french dry bread that can be made easily but cheaply and was not good like that's what sh- what my history professor explained to me is that like that's what that meant. But yes, you're correct that she never really said that. Mm-hmm. It was to encapsulate her mentality towards the plebeians, not the actual plebeians, not like the Greek plebeians, like the, the plebs, yep. the peasants. Yeah, yeah. I think your reinterpretation is also wrong. What Marie Antoinette was. Um... According to History.com, quote, an intelligent woman who donated generously to charitable causes and despite her own undeniably lavish lifestyle displayed displayed sensitivity toward the poor population of France. Oh. I don't think she ever said anything about cake. Voltaire said she said something about cake, but Voltaire's a stinking liar, so. Oh, I know. I don't know things. This is what I've been told. (laughs) Yep. It's a myth. Yeah. But it explains the French Revolution. It's like, oh, she's this haughty, out-of-touch aristocrat. Mm-hmm. And so she gets torn down and guillotined. Yep. Guillotined. 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 Guillotine. I used to call it, I used to pronounce it guillotine until I got cultured. Yep. It's a myth. <laughs> it's a myth, actually, that it's pronounced guillotine. Guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, the correct pronunciation is ovaltine. Where is this going? Theseus, Hercules, Theseus, Hercules. I don't know. So myths, there's, uh, yeah, there's lots of different kinds of myths and there's myths that explain natural phenomena and myths that explain uh, human nature phenomena. And in a lot of these myths, not all of them necessarily, but in a lot of these myths, there are heroic mythic characters. Right. Theseus, Hercules. Give me some more. Perseus. 
Good lad. Yes. Uh, Achilles. Give me some that aren't Greek. Yeah, thank you. I, we literally had an entire <laughs> conversation before this episode about how the American perception of heroes is so Greco-Roman centered. Yep. Uh, so Gilgamesh. Yay, that's we've talked one. about. Yeah, Mesopotamian, uh, Gilgamesh. His Mulan. The actual Mulan. This is something you didn't mention, but like the yeah. actual Mulan, the, the, yeah. there's a ballad about her. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, depending on your perspective, uh, Genghis Khan. <laughs> he's probably a little more legendary than <laughs> Yeah, he's mythic. legendary. Yeah, didn't yeah. Um, I would say Mulan is also legendary, and Gilgamesh is probably legendary. Yeah. So here's the, so here's the thing that... Uh, so now that we've kind of had this little preamble, I want to explain again what these next four episodes are going to be. Okay, let's do it. So... We're going to do a series, these next four episodes, on mm-hmm. the development of the development of and into the current idea of a superhero and supervillain. Um, this episode is going to be focusing on heroes in antiquity. This is things that we've mentioned. Mythical heroes, legendary heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next episode we are going to talk about, I think, more proper legendary Mm-hmm. Um, because in my mind, the distinction between this episode and the next episode is fact versus mythological. Okay. So for example, Gilgamesh probably existed. Right. Arthur, maybe kind of the, the, the overwhelming acceptance is he's an amalgamation of several really powerful King mm-hmm. or like amalgam Gilgamesh, amalgam Gilgamesh, <laughs> uh, amalgamation of several popular Kings, mm-hmm. but more or less kind of real. Mm-hmm. Um, Mulan is kind of accepted to have been a real person. Um, stuff like that. But like with this one, maybe mythological, I think the difference between mythological and legend, I think I said earlier is that legend is kind of accepted to have maybe been true. Mm-hmm. There's not really like, there's slight references. Like obviously been. Yeah. Like what's the word I'm looking for? Conflated. No inflated. That works. Inflated and ballooned over time of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mythologically is mythological is like not real. Okay. And so for that reason, I think like uh, Arthur is not really like a mythic hero. He's like, he is a legendary hero. Yeah. Um, But like, there's a very clear distinction between like Arthur and Perseus or Perseus was not real. Yeah. Achilles was real. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get some history people on this episode and they're going to like hate us. Oh, yeah. No, this is the sort of thing that entire dissertations can be read about. And I spent an hour reading Wikipedia this morning. Yeah. So that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, if you guys uh, get more people to listen to us and we can actually get paid for doing this and we can spend less time working and more time researching for the episodes. Spent three hours reading Wikipedia True. the episode. But but that's what these are about. And so uh, back to yeah discussion okay so i want to jump back in on something you said there if achilles really existed he's more of a legendary figure but he was dunked in the river Styx as a baby and that's why he's all powerful except for the point on his heel that his mom was holding him by is that legendary or mythic that i think goes into so you mentioned that legendary is kind of like stories but with a mythic quality is that what you said? Something like that, I think. Something I along remember. those lines. Uh, 
I think that's what that is. That like the elements are mythic. The mm-hmm. el- the elements of a true story that are mythic make it legendary. Hmm. So here's uh, so for example that is a mythical element of that story with Arthur the Excalibur like the magical magicalness of Excalibur is mm-hmm. mythical for an ultimately kind of real story so that makes it legendary okay. Merlin was mythical because magic doesn't exist I maintain <laughs> like so like that makes it a legendary legend um then what are other ones what are other legends like gilgamesh fought monsters the monsters probably weren't real they're inflated versions of yeah what he probably actually did so that makes it a little bit more mythical so it makes it a legend okay um but i think that kind of gets into my definition of a hero and what i'm going to use as the definition of a okay, hero this is probably something we should lay out if we're going to talk about heroes for four episodes straight so the definition of a hero to me is a uh is a character with either somewhat superhuman abilities okay or uh advanced like crazy advanced skills like very very skilled so like Mm -hmm. an example that i'm gonna use a lot in my i like the the or caveat so you can include batman later down the road yes well because also the 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 example i'm gonna use a lot in the next episode is robin hood Mm -hmm. robin hood did not have any uh, like superhuman abilities He's the Hawkeye of mythology. But he's the Hawkeye. Like, he's he's known to have... He's very, very, very talented at a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of where that... Uh, like, Perseus didn't have superhuman abilities, but he had kind of, like, supernatural tools. Right? Is my knowledge of that, or my understanding of that mm-hmm. somewhat accurate? Yeah. Uh, then, who else? Who else was there? Gilgamesh. What, what was his deal? Did he... He killed some monsters. He tried to get immortal immortality. Did he die? Eventually, Probably. they all do. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's still around. Um, he so walks that's that's us my to this day. That's my definition of a hero. Okay. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think I think for me, a hero is sort of a um, an icon within a mythological story. Sort of a figure that um, I guess uh represents particular themes say mm-hmm. um or uh particular elements of human nature yeah or um is supposed to be uh some sort of symbol almost um there's a lot of i mean if if we take one explanation of myth as something that people use to explain things or to help shape society you can take heroes as like sort of the idol that you try to aspire to be yeah um and so some of the like the the norse gods thor is actually a really good example of Mm -hmm. um he's you know a warrior but he's kind of portrayed as sometimes almost a god of fertility in some sense like thunder and rain yeah and he gets together with the earth goddess and it's the meaning of sky and earth and it brings fertility and Mm -hmm. it's more of a um a wholesome heroic quality but he also hits people with a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what was my question? What is a hero? What is a hero? Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Uh, and so we got to we have to distinguish yep. here that when we say hero for the rest of these four episodes, we're not talking about like the protagonist of the story we're talking about. Right. I mean, it's likely the protagonist of the story, but a hero is by those definitions, somewhat aided 
by super supernatural abilities mm-hmm. or supreme skill. What's a hero? Someone who's got heroic qualities. What are heroic qualities? They're the thing a hero's got. Great. Thanks, Webster. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some of these. Yeah. So you made a really interesting a point that I like a lot is that like the heroes in antiquity kind of uh, represent humanity, like human qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both flaws and aspirations. Aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so stuff like uh, the uh, uh, um, Odyssey, mm-hmm. uh, the Odysseus, like he. Odysseus was real, wasn't he? Probably. I think he was. Um, he, like, he made mistakes. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing that, like, uh, uh, at least for him, like, Odysseus, I, I know uh, there was a lot of mistakes he made. Like, he yeah. got... This whole deal is making mistakes, basically. Right. And I think, I, I think that's something that resonates with people, What like, mm-hmm. is that it's not an unreachable... Yeah thing it's like you make mistakes but then sure you can go ahead and kill mm-hmm. a cyclops yeah <laughs> well yeah and you look at even like the greek gods and titans and these are not sort of absolute divine beings they're basically just big humans with superpowers yeah um which is kind of an interesting question in and of itself where does that line blur between hero and god because thor kind of sits right on that intersection you're gonna a ask the bit. disney uh, disney hercules that question <laughs> yeah he got removed from uh divinity didn't he like they like made him not a god until he did things and then they like made him because he like wasn't he was glowing and then they made him not glow and then he did things and then he was glowing again isn't that the story of hercules in the disney movie something like that (laughs) (laughs) i watched the movie like one time in the past like 10 years it's pretty good (laughs) but yeah i don't remember it so uh we were talking about the uh heroes representing humans heroes being human so what are okay? So let's let's talk about some prime examples of these heroes. We we mentioned them, mm-hmm. but like let's go. You kind of have synopses of like why or of like what these stories are, like what Perseus did, what Hercules did. So sure, let's, let's I know Hercules. While you're pulling that up, yeah, I know Hercules. Like he did a thing, and I can't remember if it was that he like beat his he like beat his wife and kids, but like he also like killed somebody or something like that. Like did bad. Yeah, he uh, he. Killed his children. Killed his children. So then he was punished to do 12 labors. He had to mm-hmm. basically like redeem himself by doing 12 labors. And mm-hmm. they were all to go do a thing mm-hmm. um, that ultimately, what was the end goal of the doing the thing? Uh, Sort of to redeem himself. Was it? Didn't he have to like steal like a lion, like the Mycenaean lion? Uh, yeah. Uh, he had to slay the Nemean lion. Nemean lion. Um, he had to steal the golden apples of the Hesperides. Right. Um, he had to, uh, clean out the, the stables. Really? Yeah. That's one of them? Clean out, uh, clean the Augean, Augean stables. Oh, I bet they're like magical horses or something. Like the poops are like really heavy. (laughs) Yeah. 3,000, 3,000 cattle with, according to Wikipedia, poisoned feces. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He just, Um, he wasn't just cleaning up the poop deck. He was. (laughs) No, it's, yeah. Yeah. Challenge. So he was Divinely impossible things. Yeah. And so. That's that one. Mm-hmm. Perseus. Perseus. Uh, his big one is killing Medusa. Yeah. Why did he have to do that? Uh, I think he just kind of ran into her and was like, oh, you're evil. No, the he he had a whole thing where he wanted to marry someone, but the um, Gorgons weren't super into it. And so they turned against him and he's like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Okay. 
So he had like a desire, like an aspiration mm-hmm. to do something, and then he faced challenges, and then had to, you know, yeah, not he had to go kill them. Yep. Um, yeah. it's kind of his main deal, kind of his thing. Um, what else? What did Gilgamesh do? Killed some monsters. Quested for uh, eternal life. Um, traveled to various places. I feel like we're gonna run into a wall of just like explaining the obvious. Like ah, like I mean, hero's yeah. journey. Yeah, the the thing is, a lot of these are really fluid anyway, because it's not stuff that's written down. That'll right. be next week. That's your your right. thing. Um, but these are a lot of things that grew out of oral tradition. Right. And the version we have is just the particular particular version that happened to get written down. Happened to get written down, time. kind of. Yeah, like overall, like uh, things would change, mm-hmm. and but I th- I think the the idea is that the same messages made it through. Yeah. So like Hercules always did a stupid thing mm-hmm. and had to do things to make up for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, um, I was reading an interesting thing that scholars speculate that uh, Grecian tragedies, the audience would show up and they would basically know what the story was going to be. They know that um, Oedipus had a whole Oedipus thing going yeah. on, banged his mom, killed his dad, yep. <laughs> went blind. Um so they know basically how the story is going to go, but they change the the trappings and they change yeah. bits and pieces and try to come up with different approaches to it. I don't know if that has any validity. I think it would probably take five years of research and a lot of digging to well, I decide that, how much validity it has. But I, I think that this is one of those things that they can kind of track down to other like less mm-hmm. like big writings. So uh, I'll use the example next week as well uh, with. Um, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. there are four different definitive, quote unquote, uh, like lore of Robin Hood. Let's see. There's the, the Green Arrow run from the 80s. <laughs> there's Ivanhoe. There's Robin Hood Men in Tights. And there's the Disney movie where they're all animated animals. And there's also the uh, Taron Edgerton one. I forgot that existed. <laughs> yeah, me too, until starting <laughs> to research Robin Hood. <laughs> Which, I'll tell you this, uh, researching Robin Hood is really hard to do right after the GameStop thing. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I can't search the name Robin Hood without all of the things being about the trading app. So, uh, something like, so with the uh, all these other legendary ones, like, mm-hmm. they probably have, like, little writings, mm-hmm. like, things that other people have written down occasionally, like, uh, that you can see the differences in, but... There is the definitive end of the change mm-hmm. where like someone writes it down and says, this is the one that is the story of Hercules. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have older ones that are kind of written down that weren't written by, right. you know, like Homer or whoever well, wrote. And we'll get into this in a couple of weeks, but there never really is a definitive version. Disney comes out with one in the 90s. Right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Hercules in... I don't know, 2014 or whenever that movie came out. Yeah. I think there was another Hercules movie that came out that same year. I'm probably going to have to watch both of those. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it, like, yeah, it, it's fluid and the stories change a little bit, but the mm-hmm. message ultimately stays the same. The yeah. feeling that you get as, an, as a yeah. consumer. And I was, I, was, I was thinking about it while you were talking. We know how Man of Steel was going to end before it ended. We know he's going to stop the big blue sky beam and save the world and get the girl. Right. Was there a big blue sky? It was a big blue sky beam. Yeah. There's always a big blue sky yeah. beam. Yeah. So we we know the contours of the myths, and this is kind of getting ahead of this episode in particular. Right. But back then, they knew the contours of the myth. They just got to see the little 
bits and different pieces. Yeah. So why why do these why why are these the stories that really stuck through? Why did why was there no creativity in coming up with new stories with new heroes? Why mm-hmm. why was it always like, hey, we're gonna tell the story of Percy Jackson? I think and everyone's like, sweet. I know how that goes, but I want to know what you said. Why didn't they go like, all right, right. we're going to tell the story of like Mercy Waxen. And it's a completely different character with a different story. What? Because of the humanity thing. Right. It's the, the simultaneous. You can see yourself in them because they're the. And I guess flaws. you know that you would be able to see yourself in them. You're not going to be like, yeah. oh, like I don't want to watch the movie of or watch someone do a play of mm-hmm. like John bonaventure that's a real person <laughs> i don't know why that name came what? into my head what? Um, but like but uh, i don't want to watch the story of this new guy that i don't know because i don't mm-hmm. know if i'll be able to connect with him but i know that i right. like i feel the story of like i've made a mistake and i'm willing to do like 12 chores to <laughs> to fix it <laughs> yeah i'll take out the trash i'll mow the lawn i'll clean the litter box yeah no, it's just it's it, it's human nature to go to the the old and the familiar, and I think it also it these are just heroes are something that are going to be very appealing. We know we're a species that likes having leaders, that likes having mm-hmm. people to look up to, that likes having um, idols, that likes having. Uh, I'm I'm not settling on the word I want here, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. You think there's also an element of like familiarity in. Uh, a lot of these like happened, these stories happened over a time of just like rapidly changing empires all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, and like, I mean, you could be some dude in the middle East just constantly like, Oh, suddenly I'm Persian. Oh, suddenly I'm Sumerian. Oh, suddenly I'm Roman. Oh, suddenly I'm Greek. Like, mm-hmm. but like you can kind of attach to that, that yeah. story that unless you're late Persians trying to make everything all one, <laughs> uh, like you kind of connect to these so like egyptians yeah there's i mean there's cultural cohesion there yeah like and like later egyptians they would combine gods like there was a god mm-hmm. amon and there was a god ra and then a dude later was like haha amon ra <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> uh but like you could you could connect to that you you didn't get your your city didn't get conquered by the athenians mm-hmm. and then like you're like oh now i have to learn a whole new mythology it's right. the people well, like it's... we're Telling the story that bring us back to when we were still mm-hmm. like Persian. <laughs> it plays it plays the the role of religion in the lives. It's that yeah, almost the spirituality, the sense of like this is the way things are. This is the way the universe operates. Maybe you don't believe in a literal sense that every time lightning strikes, it's Thor smiting another troll. Yeah, um, but you have some sense of the way the universe operates and what the moral lessons of these heroes are mm-hmm. um, and what you should aspire to be and what flaws you should try to avoid and better yourself to avoid. Yeah. Um, and the, the myths and the heroes are just ways to boil that down into an easily transmissible story. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's where you get into the sort of the, the breakdown between myth and theology, which is something interesting I stumbled on. Like, we would call, um, say, Hindu stories myths in just normal Western culture. Mm-hmm. But we'd call Judeo-Christian stories theology. Ooh. There's not an obvious defining line in the difference Well, I think there. it's... Uh, well, I think the line is that what your culture is mm-hmm. around. Like, so we yeah. call... Like, Christians call 
Judaism and like so like oh, let's let's do this let's uh Christian Jews and uh uh and Muslims all call the Abrahamic story mm-hmm. theology right but Hindus don't they probably call it myth right like it's just it's what your religion follows yeah um and so let's look at let's stick to Greek and Romans where they have those heroes like you look back at those and they're like these the, uh, these myths and legends and stuff and then mm-hmm. if you're actually a greek person you're like oh these people existed mm-hmm. and i can be like that like to them it was very real to lot right. to us it's a story it's right. the story of perseus telling us the message of like you want to do a thing and the story of you want to cut off the heads of snake ladies right and but to them but to like the people who actually like went to these knew these people existed and like and this kind of grandiose uh entity of a person that existed that did things that was mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. like was perseus a, perseus wasn't a demigod no his he was yeah. zeus's yeah. kid um so let's go with odysseus then sure like odysseus was a human yeah with human parents um and like he did all these great things so you're like oh yeah he did this awesome ass stuff because mm-hmm. he was real and i could be like him mm-hmm. but like to us it's just a story Mm-hmm. So I think it's very different, like for how we perceive it now, okay, to be a story than it was for them back when it was, right, active, right. So then, why do we care at all about old myths that are just stories? Ooh, that's a good question. Yes, got him. I want. I wonder. No, I really love these questions. <laughs> I love these ones that like actually get me thinking. I have a giant headache right now, so my brain's moving a little slower. Um, but I, I think it's something that. For us now, it explains society back then. Okay. In a way. Um, okay, actually, I have two things. One is explain mm-hmm. society back back then. So, like, we can look at all these stories and kind of see the culture of what happens when you do this thing. Like, so, right, for example, Hercules beat his wife and kids and was punished for it. Mm-hmm. We can see in the society back then that it was not cool to beat your wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Ancient Greece was so much better than 1940s America. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but now, like, for us now, it's like they still kind of apply. Like, punishment yeah. and redemption. Like, you want that as a person. You're like, I want to be yeah. redeemed for the stupid shit I did. Well, the myths we still remember and the heroic figures we still remember are the ones that hit something true about human nature. Right. Um. And so Hercules, he's a flawed dude. He's the he's the big powerful guy who is out of control and has to consign himself to working hard to uh, redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Percy's Percy's... got what he wanted, like he like through like through initiative and ambition. You got what you wanted, like you, mm-hmm. you... and head choppery and head choppery. Um, yep. And I think there's also like an element of. I'm curious if there's an element of fear mm-hmm. with all of them. So okay. for Perseus, um, he needed to do a thing so that he could do like he wanted to do something and he faced resistance. So he needed to do something, but mm-hmm. he needed assistance from the gods to do it. So it's kind of like you won't be successful unless you like are loyal and like unless the gods help you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I have no basis for this. I've just like that kind of popped into my head up. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
God's rewarding the noble and heroic and pure of heart is a theme in a lot of these. Yeah. So like it's like maybe not fear, but like maybe a loyalty to the religion. Because a lot of these yeah. heroes have relation yeah. to the gods in some way. Yeah. Or not even religion, just a, a standard of morality. Right. In some sense. Because um, I guess Odysseus wasn't really... I mean, he was punished by the gods. Or like, he like I think the gods made his the waves so his boat marooned. Yeah. Something he, like that. He did some bad stuff for something and the gods punished him for it. It Yeah. No, it is it is something where like the gods can punish or reward based on your behavior. Um, and... It's interesting to me. So, <clears throat> so Perseus was tasked with killing Medusa. Right. Um, I did not know that. Now I know that. Okay. I thought he just. I I don't know these stories very well. I'm going based on what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I've read Percy Jackson. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's tasked with killing Medusa, um, and he's given uh, some divine aid in doing so. Um, which leads me to the point that a lot of these guys. For a lot of these guys, the like one of the heroic qualities is violence. Mm. Um, these are, a lot of these heroes are violent dudes, and specifically dudes who are violent. Okay, is this because it's the evil patriarchy, or is it something else? So you're saying like is well, yeah, that's a good. Uh, we have historical like heroes. Uh, th- this is very Roman and Greek. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about Milan again. Like, all right. How... But what about Thor? What about uh, Perun, who's the Slavic guy? What about uh, Maui from Polynesian tradition? What about Gilgamesh? What about uh, Quetzalcoatl from uh, South America? What about uh, Egyptian gods like Horus? Okay. So my response to that is. I have an actual one. Hang on. Like, <laughs> well, so like the the thing is that we know a lot about these because growing up in a in a patriarchy, mm-hmm. they may not have been the only ones predominant there. Okay. So, uh, so, so my example is that like we know about these because we tell the story of these heroic men. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, like Norse was to my knowledge really not a patriarchy like freya was a powerful woman oh, yeah. like they had a lot oh, yeah. of really powerful women who did a lot of really cool shit yeah norse pantheon's got a good mix like so us thinking of thor and odin is pretty much because we grew up in a patriarchy where mm-hmm. the focus was on the male stuff okay and like i think odysseus's wife was like intense oh yeah she was cool she spurned all the other suitors and like or something uh and then, I mean, even in Spartan culture, like women, mm-hmm. like the uh, 300 does a great job because I I had learned about this 300. He like turns around and gets approval from his wife to kick the dude into the well. Yeah. Like th- that's a thing. Like women had a lot of power in those because it wasn't a mm-hmm. very like like men. Like they kind of acknowledged that men were just stronger because physiologically and evolutionarily we are the ones who went out and hunt because, <laughs> you know, society. Um, But I don't think okay i don't think that it was intended for only men to be the heroes but i think mm-hmm. because of the way society is and our obsession with patriarchy now the female heroes have kind of gone by the wayside okay i could be incredibly wrong i will probably get crucified for saying it because think of mulan mm-hmm. she had to act like a man to to do things yeah <laughs> i think i think it's more to the fact that 
some of the obvious and simple heroic qualities are going to be about physical strength yeah. and um, sort of the um, violent leadership. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Okay. So uh, thinking of Norse, like Thor is a like as a brute guy who beats people with the hammers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the enemy is the trickster one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I I think that's really more of a Western thing because you look at um like a. Uh, Maui's a great example. Like he's masculine dude. He hits mm-hmm. people with his fish hook thing, but he's kind of the trickster guy in a lot of these mythologies. And yet he is sort of the the big hero that everyone has heard about. Um and a lot of the myths center around him bringing fire to the humans, not because he's the noble hero. Oh, is he the tre- one that I thought Perseus stole the Prometheus did Prometheus. in Greek in Greek. In Greek, yeah. In Greek. Uh Maui did in Okay. Polynesian. And that's interesting because Prometheus is sort of he's like the um the tragic guy who wanted to to bring fire to mankind and save him and was punished and Maui was like I wonder where fire comes from and so he went around and put out all of his village fires and then um the fire goddess came down and was like here I'm going to light the fire again and he's like no I'm going to put it out and he kept putting it out and he kept putting it out and eventually I mean I don't know exactly how the story goes but eventually she got fed up and threw something at him and it and it somehow taught him that you can rub sticks together what <laughs> what a he skipped a few steps in there i'm sure it's i'm sure it's she better. threw something at him and he was like ah rub sticks together <laughs> i'm sure it's better when the original storytellers tell it yeah i'm nice sure little oral tradition there but yeah no he uses he uses trickery to um achieve it it's not necessarily the violent dominant assertion okay well also uh hercules like he got punished for being a violent guy yeah and then was it's, yeah, told it, to do violent things some of them yeah it's about i guess it's about um controlling that and this goes back to something we talked about with uh masculinity in was that last episode where we were talking about what was last episode about oh, football football yeah about uh masculinity and aggression and power um and using it but using it for constructive ends right and that's sort of um well that's kind of the classic struggle of masculinity is you have this this power and this violence inside you and you have to focus it towards constructive ends yeah and so heroes hercules struggles with that yeah hercules struggles and then like mm-hmm. odysseus and like all that and so and maui just likes prank, playing pranks on people yeah i think i think it's a uh <laughs> This is me going to read into it the way it is not intended. It's because men are the stupid ones. So they're the ones constantly being redeemed. <laughs> yeah. Women don't make stupid mistakes that men do. <laughs> so they don't need the redemption stories. We're the ones who keep beating our children to death and then having to go do 12 chores. I love that. Like just really like <laughs> trivial perception of like the 12 labor is like, ah, just go get an apple and go clean the litter box yeah for killing your kids yeah but uh, more violent time i'm wondering if maybe that was the appeal like maybe it was multiple appeals to mm-hmm. it where one was ah these stupid men like getting what they deserve and also mm-hmm. like ah i can be a strong man that does constructive things and mm-hmm. curious if that had yeah, could, could I mean, well we be. can only speculate because we weren't alive when these stories were being exactly. told again. Um, and also we don't have the capacity both time wise and 
education-wise to really dig into it. Nope. I mean, again, this is a dissertation topic right here. It really is. And I think that's something we may revisit in the future mm-hmm. to like do a bit more because we do want to do more of these serious topics. Yeah. Um, so we may revisit this a bit more in depth and maybe split it up into yeah. this. This episode specifically is like the setting the foundation for the next episode, which mm-hmm. will then set the really good foundation for the next episode. Mm hmm. And then we just do a completely different thing on the last. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It's a plot twist. It's yeah. our that's our style. That's we our, do plot yeah. twists. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think we've talked. Yeah, we we, we know what heroes are. Yeah. I guess I should probably theseusize. Theseus. Ah, uh, what was Theseus? We never talked about Theseus. He had a ship. <laughs> <laughs> what a just like just dismissive answer to that he had a ship moving on <laughs> no he was the labyrinth guy oh that's right he went and killed the bullhead dude yeah the minotaur 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 yep the minor tower yes uh yeah what was his thing why did, why did he need why did he have a ship why did he need a well, labyrinth the, the ship thing is the, i only think of that because it's the the paradox of theseus's ship like um, Theseus had his famous ship and the Athenians, uh, preserved it for a long time. And any time a piece fell into disrepair, they would replace it. And at one point, at some point, all of the pieces have been replaced. It's like the axe. Uh, George Washington's axe. Yeah. yeah. This is George Washington's axe. The the head and the handle have both been replaced, but it's the same one. Yeah. And so it's like a sort of a philosophical question of like, is that still does adding a new part to it somehow imbue it with the elementality of being Theseus's ship? Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? It's philosophy. <laughs> yep. Forget about it. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about him too much. He's kind of the Athenian like hero, um, and so he he went to Crete. Yep. Um, and I know a little bit of this stuff, like here and there, because of yeah. uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. He fought uh, a Minotaur in. Mm-hmm. The labyrinth the was labyrinth. saved by Ariadne. And he had like a little rope that he brought in with him to the labyrinth. So that Ariadne lost. gave to him. And who? Ariadne. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. Yeah. I just knew that he had the thing because he had to follow that in the game. Yeah. See, there's there's the, there's the an example of the women in the heroic story. She's not the the hero that goes and does the um, sort of physical violent attribute thing. She helps the she she's the the planner she's yeah. like hey you, you're gonna walk into this maze and you're gonna kill the dude great you're not gonna be able to get out of there let me uh solve that problem yeah. for you with some they're actual the problem solvers yeah. yeah guys just like hand him a sword and point him in the right direction <laughs> hey dumb idiot that thing needs to die okay <laughs> not wait stop <laughs> let me uh let me tie some string around you first all right i'll okay don't i'll hold on the leash <laughs> it's just like some, kill 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 god men are stupid yeah so thesis thesis theseusizing yeah so pretty much every society has its mythology it's a set of stories some of them are sort of bleeding into legends dramatizing historical events um or taking reasonably true characters and blowing them out of proportion just because i mean that's what happens did you see that fish i caught it was this big next telling do you see that fish i caught it was this big yeah, yeah the, the story for audio listeners he was up. increasing the size that's the... You, you get it even yeah. if you're listening in audio yeah and then it was this big audio well, listeners didn't get that one time. i mean, ah! small ah, i caught a sardine anyway uh one important element in a lot of these these myths is the hero 
And this is someone who is typically, um, they have some big noticeable attributes. Um, they receive divine help or divine intervention against them. Mm -hmm. Um, what's the opposite of help? Hurt? Divine hurt? Yes. Okay. They receive divine hurt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and they, uh, they have some sort of quest usually involving killing something or inflicting violence on something because these are sort of often masculine icons. Um, I think an important element of these heroes is that there is an Mm -hmm. end to their story. Okay. That their story is their story. Because that's something that's going to come up. That's true. A little bit later. Yeah. There's sort of a figure that can pop up in different things or um, you can tell different stories about them, but it's usually, it's just like, this is the thing. They did the thing. The thing was done. And then they went on to have many heroic deeds that we don't have time to tell you about. Because it's time for bed, little kids. Yep. Something like that. Um, where was I going with this? Something about heroes. Uh, heroes exist. They endure because they remind us of our own flaws, but they give us something to aspire to. And because they are um, at least the successful ones, the ones that have endured, um, are very elemental representations of particular elements of human nature. They tell stories that are true. In not a literal sense, but a emotional sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. I like it. I don't know. We'll Good go with enough. it. All right. Yeah, my headache's starting to get unbearable. Cool. So I'm sorry. That's me. I'm yep. your headache. Yep. Shallst we? We shallst. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, next week, look forward to... Uh, we're talking... Preston's going to take over. He's going to sit over here. He's going to talk about sort of mythic heroes not necessarily mythic but ones that have a legendary hero ones that there's like a more of a literary tradition something written down so robin hood is going to be kind of a good focal point there yeah and also kind of like also until later like Mm -hmm. um more defined heroes like zorro and okay like stuff like that yeah so like i'll be so the point of the next episode is to butt up against modern superhero mm-hmm. like the first appearance of superman like i will right. basically end it at the appearance of superman that's kind of like okay. my that's my time scope mm-hmm. is yeah it's kind of like from roughly like the the vaguety between yours and mine into mm-hmm. up to all right actual superheroes. yeah looking at some yeah more uh concrete iterations of herodom um yeah that'll be fun uh you can look forward to that coming on all our usual places we're on soundcloud itunes spotify podbean iHeartRadio, somewhere else probably um but i don't remember at this point uh we're on social media we've got a facebook where we don't do a whole lot really most of the fun stuff happens at instagram that's at just us losers pod uh check out our highlights we do a lot of fan engagement stuff there we show off little pictures of what we've been up to um little polls little questions if you want to contribute suggestions for an episode topic that'd be probably a great place to do that uh we're on twitter at just us losers pod where um preston had a pretty good rant a couple weeks ago about uh the godzilla versus kong trailer um maybe we can get him to to live tweet his first watch through of Zack snyder's justice league and it'll just be one prolonged rant rant is that gonna happen is that gonna be that'll probably be a thing that's gonna be good i love it all right very good 
Uh, we're on Gmail. If you've got, if you have a degree in history and each and everything we said today is wrong and stupid, which it probably was because honestly, it's us. It's just us losers here. (laughs) That's just us losers pod at gmail.com. Um, send us five paragraph essay. Tell us where we're wrong. Maybe make it 50. I think we were pretty wrong about some stuff probably. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Uh, are we on any, we're on YouTube. Uh, you're listening to the audio version of this right now on SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or iHeartRadio or some other podcast medium that I'm not aware of and I'm not mentioning in the outro sequence. But we also have shortened video versions of our discussion. So if you, if you got a friend and they're like, I don't know, tell me about some of the most important movies that are coming up. You can show them the, the video version, which of our news recap episode we did a couple weeks ago, where we talked about a whole bunch of things. But then we spent a few minutes talking about some of the big stuff that's coming up. And that's usually the video version on YouTube. It's just going to be like a nice little condensed version. Some of the highlights and important points and um, big, big stuff about our discussion for the given day. Um, So, yeah, those are good. Usually like 15 minutes or so, give or take. I don't know. I don't actually watch them. Not those. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They're cool. Uh, Let's see. It's probably everything I'm supposed to have said, I think. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.